United States of America is the most successful nation the world has ever known. I think that's largely because we're the freest nation. Humans cannot reach their potential, cannot realize their dreams unless they're free. If prosperity were easy, everybody around the world would be prosperous. If freedom were easy, everybody around the world would be free. If security were easy, everybody around the world would be secure. They are not. None of this is going to be easy. But this is the United States of America. It takes an extraordinary effort. It takes extraordinary commitment. It takes extraordinary strength. The Valley Forge wasn't easy. Going to the moon wasn't easy. Settling the West wasn't easy. We are the American people. We have seen difficulties before, and we always overcome them. This is about rolling up our sleeves. We might have some differences, but at Americans putting our head down and getting it done. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Wayne Dupree, and we are live. I don't know what it is throughout my career, but I always show up right on time, don't I? <laughs> Except for times that I oversleep. Um, <laughs> welcome to the program. All of you watching us on Frank's speech, I want to thank all of you for tuning in. We've been hearing some great things about you. Uh, and we hope that you've been hearing some great things about us. We want to let you know that we broadcast Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. From uh, And uh, you'll be able to watch us and uh, send us questions if you want to. As a matter of fact, we, we have a call-in number just in case uh, y'all want to, to um, send us a message or a voicemail. 1-800-895-5725. 1-800-895-5725. Uh, 895-5725. Uh, just add your name. Well, if you want to add your name and like just call call that number and say, okay, this one I want to talk about. Or I have a question for you or whatnot. And we'll try our best to respond. Welcome to Facebook, YouTube, um, Twitch, X, Twitter, whatever, X, Pilled.net, Getter, Rumble. Uh, am I missing anybody, yo? I don't think so. All right. Thank you. Got them all. We're everywhere. Okay, we're 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 on basically all the platforms. Um, CPAC is starting today, by the way. Let me introduce the Godfather of Conservative Radio. You'll get to know him very well, Miss Hutch Baylor Jr. Hello, Wayne. Hello, Jason, and everybody on Frank Speak. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for uh, giving us a shot. I think you're going to like it. I think so too. We're in the most um, real uh, broadcast has been out there for a long time. We don't have talking points. We don't have an agenda. We really don't have an Well, actually, we do have an agenda. We want America to return to its glory. Uh, and to do that, we had, we had, believe it or not, we had to reach out to Minnesota for this guy. Talking about <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jason Robinson. What's up, Jay? Hey, hey, hey. Happy Thursday, everybody. You know, my pillow, Frank Speech, Mike Lindell, they're from Minnesota too. So so we're just good old Minnesota boys. And I got to say, folks, if you're watching us on Frank Speech for the first time, here's our mission. We want to bring you the truth. The mainstream media just distracts you. They pull you away from what's really happening, important topics. 
we try to bring it all home and uh, and and try to have you leave our show a little more educated than you were than you got here. Wayne, you might want to describe the uh, tissue paper part of the operation. Yes, for uh, for since we have started, there is one sentence that we have said and is our credo. <laughs> We don't bend to tissue paper feelings. We don't bend to them. If your feelings get hurt, well, first things first, we're family. You want to live on that? We can live on that. We're family. The second thing is, if your feelings get hurt, it's part of life. It is. It's part of life. Our feelings get hurt. Our feelings have been hurt for a long time. We've been lied to about the GOP establishment. We've been lied to about some of these people on social media that have been lying to. Grifters, they call them grifters. We've been hurt too. We pick up those pieces and grow from that hurt. There, there's some things that Hutch is going to say or Jason's going to say or I'm going to say that's going to sting your toes. Move your feet. It's just that easy. Tish, I mean, and... <laughs> I, I learned about tissue paper feelings when I was in the military. I got that from my supervisor. My supervisor was like, do you have to like, wait, that, that's new. I wish I had put it on. I need to put it on a t-shirt. That's what I did. That's what I need to do. But um, uh, you know, we've we've been doing this for a while. I, I think we're one of the longest broadcasts still available. Everything else that you're getting right now came after us. Well, think, think, think of this. I, I was thinking. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt most you. But came with a lot of money. <laughs> I was thinking about something, Wayne. Most of them have. Remember, we are we are here for you. As a matter of fact, you know what we used to say too. We we are you, and you are us. We used to say that a lot too, didn't we? Huh? Yeah, and you know, you you look at. I was thinking about something. I don't know what's going on. I'm, I can hear you, Hutch. I think something's goofy with Wayne. Yeah, you, yeah. you too. No, I can hear him. You can hear me? I can hear you. I can, I hear, can you hear Hutch. Both. I can hear Wayne. Well, you got to do your ears. Hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's me. Yeah, it's you. <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when we have our own self producing program here. Uh, you have these <laughs> things. I was trying to, Wayne, I was, I was saying, Think back. You went to a CPAC before me. I went to your mm -hmm. second CPAC. So I can only go by, I can only go by that. Right. But when I look at that experience, you looking up and down Media Row. It was called Radio Row back then. You look up and down and look at all the people that aren't here anymore. Right. That's true. I mean I, I mean lots. It's a shame, but you're right. I mean, there's a whole lot of people that have that have gone, they've gone. I mean, they're not even they're not even in politics anymore. They're they're doing other stuff. I think and some of it. I think some of it is. I know when I first started doing podcasts and I was you know looking into how to do it and different tutorials and things like that. One of the main things that I took away from that is if you want to do a podcast, the most important thing is you have to be passionate about what you're doing. And I swear, I don't know if. Those people ran out of passion or they were looking for 30 pieces of silver. I don't know what happened, but you stay passionate. You stay in the game. And that's one of the reasons we're still here. 
Yeah, I think I think a lot of people think that they can get in this and get paid. But I mean, some I read, and maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's because of the mid-level marketing that's going on around. Because at the top, a lot of people are getting paid. And uh, a lot of these networks uh, are getting paid off the content that is being, I mean, um, America's Voice did that to us. I mean, I'm not calling out a network, but I am, you know, for a whole year and a half. You remember that? A whole year and a half, they kept telling us that they were going to pay us. We're going to pay you. We're going to pay you. And they never did. Isn't that the one that was sitting next to us on Radio Row with all that equipment? Because I remember they kept on saying, yes, I think that was yeah. them. Yeah. Cause they, they like promised. We, we thought we were getting ready to go. And I helped them get there. I talked to, I mean, because if there's one thing like about CPAC, if there's one thing about CPAC that we had in our pocket, <laughs> I can say that now, I guess, is that most people want to be seen. Most people want to deal with the people out front. You know, oh, I know this guy. I know this guy. I take pictures with this guy. That's how they are. Yeah. We're not like that. We want to know who's behind the scenes. Because the people behind the scenes, you take care of them, they'll take care of you. And for years, people, the people behind the scenes, they took care of us. I mean, hell, one year, one year <laughs> we had more people than MSNBC and CNN all together. And we were just a podcast. That was a crazy year. <laughs> we had like 13, 14 people. We we had people at our table. We had a table <laughs> around the clock. They, I mean, we were doing two hours, three hours of broadcast. And I mean, it was it was the best thing that I mean, I, I remember that. I mean, we man, we had a group, didn't we? And yeah. then we also had a person that was watching all of the uh um, the scheduled interviewers. Gatekeeper, Lee, uh, <laughs> Teresa, I think. yeah, Lisa or Teresa, uh, Teresa, Teresa. That, that's right. She was like, she was on the money, man. She was on the money. She was on the money. JC, you got to see this. There's people that me and Wayne don't know who in the heck these people are. Mm -mm. No idea. So mm -hmm. Teresa goes and gets us an interview, but she was good at it. She got a bio sheet. Oh, nice! Before the interview, so boom, they throw this bio sheet in front of us, and we're like, we're we're looking at this thing like we knew this guy forever. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was pretty good, though. It was fun. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, if you've never been to CPAC, you need to get to it. I, I mean, it's not like it used to be. Uh, as a matter of fact, my first CPAC, my first CPAC, we had um. They had bagels in the back, coffee in the back. They for all of the bloggers and stuff. But what got me was Radio Row. That's that's what got me. I would leave the 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 main hall where everything was going on, and I would look at the red rope or the, that velvet rope thing, and behind the velvet rope that because it used to be just in front, and it, and it grew so much it went around the side. But all these people, all these people getting interviewed by radio people and podcasters. So the second year when me and Hutch went, I was like, we're going to do radio. We're going to do the radio. I screwed up that year, too, because I didn't know what I was doing. 
and I didn't know that they had all the equipment there already. Oh no! Yeah, oh, so yeah. I went out and bought. I bought enough equipment for our entire operation, <laughs> and FedExed it down there. And FedExed it down there. And yeah. then tried to. And then I tried to get the, the unionized guy at the hotel to borrow his cart. He's like, "Oh no, no, you don't get to you borrow his cart. I'll take it up for you." <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yeah. Man, oh man. Yeah, it was something. I mean, see back with some um, support. Mike Lindell's my pillow. Use code Wayne. Uh, you can go to mypillow.com forward slash Wayne. A lot of great products over there. Uh, if there's one thing that we swear by, probably more than any, well, no, no, no. Well, I, if there's one thing at the top of the list is those Minnesota slippers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> those slippers are like shoes. And shortly behind those is the towels. Towels, the towels. they're my favorite. The towels. I mean, they're better than hotel towels. And I mean that. I've reordered both of those things two or three times. Yeah. They're and they got nice little them. gift packs too for them towels. You know, oh, yeah. or you get your six pack and yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, he has he has some great products over there. And he's also expanded his his product list. So make sure that you go over there and check out mypillar.com forward slash rain. Also, uh split rock coffee. I know that uh, there are other people that are selling different coffees and stuff online, but there's nothing like this. Um, and I mean that. I mean, exactly. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. There's nothing like this. One. Low acidity, um, many flavors, uh, all the way from uh, decaf to decaf to dark roast and medium oh, roast. And uh, and when you go to their website, it's splitrockcoffee.com. I said this before and I said it again. They give you education in coffee. They have videos and information out there that really educate you on what you need to drink for what you need to drink. And I said this all week. It's coffee that I don't need. Uh, I don't need a creamer for. Everything else, you know, yeah, okay. I, you know, I got to put creamer in, but not split rock coffee. I do not put creamer in that. Okay. With that said, again, um, we thank you for everybody watching on Frank's speech. Again, you can follow us. You can, I mean, I'm on Frank's speech. Okay. Debbie, look, she got split rock in her, in her, in her cup right now. Um, I'm on Frank's Frank social. You can type in uh, Wayne Dupree show. Um, and I think my boy's on Frank's also, or y'all will be on Frank's. Social. Yeah, I will be. I got her on there. Still playing around with it. It's a cool okay. platform. It is, yeah. It's like yeah. Facebook without the suppression. Who knew? Basically, yeah. I know, right? You know, let's All give right. a shout out to Mike Lindell, too. This man supported President Trump. This Gonna man begin? put everything on the line. He's Brilliant. been out there sharing uncomfortable truths with the world. And when they keep coming after him, he just goes and builds a new platform. Like, yeah. he built out Frank Speech, Lindell TV, Frank Social this is what Americans need are more people with courage like Mike Lindell who are going to not tuck their tails and run because big tech comes after them. And that's what we do on the show. We share uncomfortable truths. They'll come after us. NewsGuard will fa NewsGuard fact checked a freaking podcast. It sure did. Of, of all things. And, well, he's and the guy's a millionaire. I mean, the guy's a millionaire running a podcast. Right. Just check on the internet. Wayne's a millionaire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm married to Sonny Johnson with two boys. Yeah. 
<laughs> I didn't even know where that came from. I was like, what the heck? I, I mean, I mean, I haven't talked to Sonny in a long time, but I'm married to Sonny Johnson. I wonder what her husband's got to say about that. <laughs> you know? we're, we're looking for Wayne's next ex-wife. We got to find him one. <laughs> whatever. Well, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whoa, holy. Uh, breaking, breaking news. CBS fired Catherine Hedrich. Yeah, that, that's that's old. Yeah, that was last week. It was? Yeah. Why they yeah, they her? went through massive layoffs, and she got the boot. There was something that she did that could have been the reason why she got nailed. I'm trying to remember what it was. Seized her um, files, computers, and records? Yeah, That she, part's new. Yeah, I didn't hear that part. Yeah, that came out just this morning. So... For those who don't know, I was wondering, because if you remember, we covered her on the show a few weeks ago where she mm-hmm. was talking about a Black Swan event. That's what that's what she said. That, yeah. That's what she and, said. And we've been speculating on this show, for those who are new to it, that there's a decent percent chance there's no election. You know, I give it about a 20% chance something happens yeah. and they postpone it. <laughs> but I'm the crazy one. Yeah. But anyway, she was talking about a Black Swan event before the next election as the October surprise. And then three weeks later, they let her go. And today they announced that they seized all her records. Yeah. Which, they painted it as a financial thing a couple weeks ago. Right. Yeah. And then, and then when they came out today, the, the news was they kept all her stuff, which you don't do that for investigative journalists. Yeah. I mean, rarely, I never, rarely I, have you heard that before? I, I never heard that before. She went, she went off the rails for me when she called Colonel McGregor a traitor. Is she? I think that was her. I'm pretty sure she was the one that came out. They were both talking about it. It was at the beginning of the Ukraine war. And McGregor was the only one that was talking so- soberly. Everybody else was drunk. Here's um, Catherine. Oh, mine's a little dark. I just feel a lot of concern that 2024 may be the year of a black swan event. This is a national security event with high impact that's very hard to predict. Um, there are a number of cons- uh, concerns that I have that factor into that not only this uh, sort of enduring heightened threat level that we're facing, uh, the wars in Israel, also Ukraine. And we're so divided in this country in ways that we haven't seen before. And I think that just creates fertile ground for our adversaries like North Korea, China, and Iran. And that's what uh, concerns me most. Wow. And then you see something like today, all those cell phone outages. Think of this. When's the last time you saw a politician from either party come out and try to bring Americans together for a common cause. It hasn't happened. Right. They are all working to keep us at each other's throats. It's their only chance for survival in this tyranny. Yep. It's time to start you know, making fun of these people. You know, many people have been talking about civil war in this country. You know, we're going through civil war, going through civil war. And um, I think... I think Hutchie said it best. It's like, y'all need to be careful just throwing that word around. You know, they throw that word around like they throw racism and and, intolerance. They just throw that word around without any meaning. I don't think that, at least personally, I don't have anything against any Americans. I don't think it would be. I think the Civil War mantra is another deep state uh, tactic. People don't want a civil war. They want the other kind. 
the Revolutionary War. I was going to say, I think we're in the middle of a Revolutionary War, to be honest. And Some people think we're in the middle of a Civil War, but go ahead. Well, I think the difference between a Civil War and the Revolutionary War is the Civil mm -hmm. War is between two factions of equal patriots that have different visions of the country. A Revolutionary War is when everyday citizens get pissed off and are done with their corrupt government. And then they're working on changing that. And I think right now, as people on the left slowly but surely start waking up to see how corrupt the government is, eventually you're going to have a populist movement in this nation. Donald Trump woke us all up on the right. I mean, if you were sitting here 2013, 14, 15 before Trump, you know, and if Trump never happened, we'd be like, let's go to Ukraine. Let's do this. I mean, we would be, let's get our flags out. Let's go. And now we woke up and we're like, holy cow, the enemy is the government. They're corrupt and they're ruining things. And that's why I think they're framing it up wrong. And I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, civil war, but it's not us against everyday Democrats. Like they're brainwashed right now, believing the regime. And when they wake up, the government's in trouble, which is why they suppress people like us. Well, I came across, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I played that Civil War trailer, uh, the movie coming out in April. Yeah, there's a new one. Did you watch the the uh, the, uh, the 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 online movie that I told you about before the Civil War? You know, the one. Yeah. Yep. I Did can't remember the name that? of it. Yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. Right. That was good. All right. It was good. This one, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to play the trailer. It, um, it was only about a minute and a half. But to both of you, it it makes you pause. Even though it's Hollywood and everything, it makes you pause. Because somebody out there thinks, or they went to the full extreme of what possibly a civil war, a real civil war, and this country would look like if it if it came down to that. And honestly, there are no good guys and bad guys in today's. I mean, if it were to happen today, how many times have you heard on this show? People ain't gonna walk up to you and say, "Are you Republican or Democrat?" They don't care. They don't care. As a matter of fact, here we go. Sons of America, people of the Florida Alliance. You gotta move. And the Western forces of Texas and California will be welcomed back to these United States as soon as their illegal secessionist government is deposed. You don't know what side they're fighting for. Someone's trying to kill us. We are trying to kill them.
I pause. I pause with that because when I saw the military, when I saw the military out there like that, and that's something that this country has put forward, U.S. military, you can't have it in the cities. They've been good on that all these years. <clears throat> okay? If something like that had came down to see the U.S. military in the cities, that would be crazy. To see the Army? The, I've uh, seen it. I've seen it. The Army? Yeah. In U.S. cities? When the G20 came to Pittsburgh, you should have seen the encampment of National Guard outside of it, waiting to go in and snatch somebody. But see, that's National Guard. I'm talking about the U.S. Army. Well, they are the U.S. Army. Oh, right. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was, it was MP battalions, military police. High-stepping. And then in, in L.A., the L.A. riots. Well, and I got to say, guys, we are not that far away from a transformational situation like that. I mean, think of the MAGA wing of Republicans. We look at government. We think they're corrupt. We would we would do away with 75 percent of the federal government tomorrow if you yeah. gave us a magic wand. We would throw hundreds of people in jail who have been operating against the best interest of the company, pick elections, pick the judicial system. We cover all the corruption. And we would uncover the child pedophilia rings. Oh, my God. Yeah, mm -hmm. Epstein Island. Let's arrest some of those folks, you know. And it, it would be, it would, I mean, the, the halls of power would be quaking. And right now, unintentionally, if you look at what's happening in cities, they're bringing it closer because these Af these African, largely African-American communities, all of a sudden they're seeing all these illegals. They're cutting their services. They're giving services to them. You walk by a homeless veteran to, to get to your hotel if you're an illegal. It, it, Americans are just, they're starting to wake up and they're like, this is insanity. You know, Trump's that, a gangster. That, that's what they're that's what they're doing. They're they're protecting the pedophilia ring. I agree. I'll tell you something that scares me though. One of the problems with unrest, whether you call it civil war, whatever you want to call it, if the government is mobilized against its citizens, then you got to think about all those military age males that came across the border. Right? Because they're going to fight for one side or the other. Are they going to fight? I mean, and it's it's not going to be right versus left. It's going to be those in power and those out of power. Right. That's right. True. Yeah. And and don't uh, you know? I see some comments in the in the comments section. Uh, the United States military will do whatever it's told. Oh yeah. All right. You now, now, now listen. You might have uh, a, a a couple of people that might not go along with it. But the U.S. military is going to do what they are told That's by the leaders, the generals and the colonels and the majors, because they have something <laughs> that regular people don't have that 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 y'all never thought of. They could be killed. Uh, they can be killed. For real, in the military, they can be killed. Seriously. I, and I ain't... I'm not giving you the worst case scenario. I'm telling you things can happen to people when you don't follow orders. Yeah. Don't, don't think that some miraculous thing is going to happen and everybody's going to lay down their weapons. That's not going to happen. Mm. Be I mean, 
especially in the days military, you got you got more crazier people that are in the days military than what it used especially, to be. especially in the National Guard. Yeah. The National Guard is trained to fight Americans. Really? Well, who do you think came in in, in the LA? Yeah. You know, and and sometimes they come in. Usually, it's the state police, but they've retaken prisons. Wasn't that the National Guard up there in Boston that year? That um, on the Boston bomber, the National Guard was up there, probably going from house to house. And you look at her take Katrina, that general that was down there, the yeah. stuck on stupid guy. Yeah, yeah. But many people really don't put two and two together. When they want to do something to the American people, they push through uh, quick um, scenarios, real-time scenarios. And what they did to find those two two killers. Sarnoffs. Think about that. They shut down a whole city for two people. And they were ready. They had all those agencies. If you remember watching that unfold, Excuse me. There was 30, 40 different sets of uniforms mm-hmm. that were out there, and they were all on the same frequency. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. They're all mm-hmm. talking on the radio. It's all coordinated. Well, and and then if you connect the dots, they still don't know who the January 6th pipe bombers are. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? <clears throat> but I think that I think Boston was the first time that we saw real real police. That was crazy. With, yeah. With military gear. Yep. And it was like, even in the, I was talking about the G20 in Pittsburgh, uh, the same thing happened in Boston. All of a sudden, I'm standing on the street. I'm part of the protesters, right? Protesting for, against the G20 people. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was in front of my, my cousin's gym because they had targeted him. But I'm looking at police department cars from Georgia and from Florida and from all these other states. I'm like, how did that happen? Right. And it was hundreds of them. Right. We're going to move on and have our sister, Ayla Wang, from the New Federal State of China, our beautiful little sister. Uh, we're going to have her up here. Let me, um, I was I was on there, um, the New Federal State of China's website, um, um, Twitter. Twitter feed. And I saw this video. So I'm going to play this video before she comes and then maybe she can explain it to us when she joins we realize that wherever you go in the world the corruption in the judicial system including the judges is always connected to the culture industry it is the same in human history when a person becomes a judge he will be greedy for two things money and sex judges and the judiciary or anyone who has the power to decide the life of others always fall for the natural instinct sex from the first day of mankind until today this has never changed when a person becomes a judge while suddenly they realize they have a lot of power What else do they want? They can't go on television every day, and they can't go out on the street every day and show off. They have to keep a low profile and project an image. They were all human beings before they became judges. They don't suddenly become God because they put on the hat. They're usually the easiest to corrupt for the celebrities and the cultural industry. All the problems in China come from the judicial system, the law enforcement system, the procuratorate system, and the court system, which is the most corrupt system in the CCP system. It's the same in the United States. We have also seen to what extent America's cultural industry has been corrupted by the CCP's beach. Why? Would anyone believe it? The Americans won't believe it until they are hurt by the judicial system, which may turn out to be helpful to us. All the Confucius Institutes, all the so-called sister cities of China and the United States, all the so-called China-U.S. agricultural conferences, they have only one purpose, 
and that is for the CCP to corrupt the Americans. The CCP doesn't care what the sister cities are. The Chinese delegates who attend the forums, the industry conferences are organized by the CCP's intelligence department and China's law enforcement agencies, procuratorates and courts. All of China's provincial governors, mayors, sector directors are appointed by the CCP's Central Committee and then approved by the CCP National Security Commission. So what were they doing when these people came to the U.S., when they went to every country in the world? They spread corruption all over the world. First, they will tell a bunch of lies on the dining table. If you were their target, first they will invite you to China, or they will promise you with benefits. When everything is done, you will belong to them. They got hold of you. Now we have seen a lot of information come out. To be honest, we have to thank the current CCP government, because they're the ones who let the whole world see the truth about the CCP. That is, whenever a person drops his pants, the CCP has won. All this has helped to verify all the information brought by the new federal state of China, the whistleblowers movement. Welcome, little sis, Ayla Wang from the new federal state of China. What's going on? Hi, brothers. Thanks for having me back. Um, well, first of all, thanks for uh, sharing that video. It is very important. And that just reminds me of my own experience when I was in college. Um, as you know, college students, there are lots of like Chinese student association organizations on campus. Uh, but one of the major events, especially among those Ivy Leagues, is that they hold U.S.-China relationship uh, forums almost every year. And for those uh, for those forums, uh, the president of that kind of like student affair group was always uh, uh, the, ch the child, the children of Chinese celebrities or, or Chinese officials. And uh, I once attended, uh, you know, those kind of forums at UPenn. And I found uh, incredibly, uh, you know, uh, large numbers of Chinese entrepreneurs and, and enterprises and representatives and even people from the CCP consulate to greet and welcome uh, and welcome people in that event. And that told me that, you know, huge amounts of transactions or deals that were made just because of the student affair group that holding that U.S.-China relationship um, forums on campus. And, you know, so that we know that even the level of infiltration was going reach to uh, already young generations and, 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 and people, you know, who, who lived and, and studied on campus. So I do think, you know, that the Chinese Communist Party's hands and feet are very deep uh, in the United States. Hey, oh, good. Hey, uh, speaking from uh, Pittsburgh, uh, sister city of Shanghai, I believe, uh, I wanted to ask you something. But first, we have a vast new audience that we just uh, started broadcasting on. Could you please, uh, for the sake of them, explain what the new federal state of China is and the stakes uh, so we can uh, make sure everybody understands where we're coming from here? Absolutely. So uh, the new federal state of China was inspired by the whistleblowers movement, uh, which was founded by Mr. Miles Guo, the number one persecuted person under the Chinese Communist Party. And our sole mission is to take down it and, and destruct the Chinese Communist Party, which is the current uh, Chinese government. We also stand for the largest unvaccinated community, uh, you know, Chinese community in, in the world. Outstanding. Um, I, I was looking at uh, some reports before the show, and I just wanted to make sure that the NFSC understood that the outlet Mother Jones is not your friend. I read a, a, <laughs> I read an article about that, and it could have been penned by the CCP intelligence community. I mean, they had Miles Guo as a criminal like 18 times in this article. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that you were aware of that. 
because that's Absolutely. the first bad press I saw like that. Absolutely. And, and you know, we, I, I think that we can touch upon a little bit about it because um, we've we've definitely seen lots of media trying to um, trying to spread bad news or, or even spread out rumors of the new federal state of China and and, and also to Mr. Miles School. And if you, um, you know, a look on the news in this week, uh, there was actually a lot a large numbers of files coming from a CCP controlled national security and IT company that was leaked online. And those files, if being translated into English, was actually the product and the, the procedures of how Chinese Communist Party utilized the IT or internet security companies to control their comments and, and follow and track you know, these dissidents' accounts and, and social media activities overseas. And, and it, it shows that you know, the National Security Department of China was actually giving uh, hiring these companies and, and to, to conduct you know, such um, services to all of the Chinese dissidents and, and in which you know, Miles was the most persecuted person in the past. You know, what's interesting too for our audience on Frank's speech is the parallels between Miles Go and, and Mike Lindell are, are pretty stunning. I mean, Miles Go was a darling in the communist China. He was a successful businessman. Everybody loved him. And then he started speaking out against the corruption of the Chinese Communist Party. And immediately when he did that and he started and he's much like Mike, where he brings receipts. And that's my favorite part of the NFSC. You can go on their website. They've got documents. They've got whistleblower content. They've got all of it. And as soon as he started doing that, the CCP turned on him and he became target number one. And and it's fascinating. We talk about how what we cover with the NFSC, how it's impacting the patriots in China, because the average Chinese citizen probably has a lot in common with the average American citizen. They hate their government. Their government's corrupt, too. China's just much further along the path. So so I think that's just an important point to make, especially to our new audience that NFSC, like they're the deplorables, they're fighting the good fight. And and that's why we're honored to have you guys on. Now, one thing I want to dive into, though, Ayla, is China, the CCP mainly controls and they're running their war against the world through economic means. And from bribing politicians to to the Silk Road initiatives to, to all these different programs. But I'm seeing that it looks like their economy is on the verge of collapse. And in fact, this week, Vietnam begins to discuss what happens post-China for their economy. Can can you shed some light onto that and, and kind of what this is looking like? Absolutely. Um, so last Sunday, I believe the Chinese Communist Party's um, economic department uh, released a certain data that was very shocking um, to the public. And so the direct investment liabilities and, and the balance of payments of China stood at 33 billion last year, according to CCP State Administration of Foreign Exchange. And it was recorded as 82% lower than previous years and the lowest since the 1990s. So brothers, it is very obvious that CCP's economy is not just weak in recovering from the pandemic, it, it is actually collapsing 
after the pandemic, and, and it, it already hits the historical low, you know, in, in, in all of these numbers. And we all know that the Chinese Communist Party will not give out the accurate number to the public, right? So I would imagine that uh, the actual data or the actual situation of the economy and financial market in China will be even worse. And on the other hand, we have um, been aware that lots of European and Western uh, production lines have already withdrawn um, their services and factories in China. And this has come to you know, a, a, a massive problems because they have moved their production lines and supply chains to other countries such as Malaysia, Mexico, uh, Vietnam, India. And this is primarily why Vietnam started to discuss what they can do after the collapse of the Chinese Communist Party regime. So all these consist of the decoupling elements that we observed from the United States or from the West in general um, to communist China. And, you know, I want to specifically mention that CCP does understand that ultimately the Western world or the United States will choose to decouple from communist China to save their own economy. And so there are four things that the Chinese Communist Party prepared a long time in response to the potential decoupling threats. And these can be very concerning to the West. So the number one is the Chinese Communist Party is prepared to confiscate the United States investment and assets in China, which sums up almost seven trillion US dollars to just to respond to decouple from uh, from communist China. And the second thing they can do is to initiate a war with the United States to destroy U.S. military facilities in Asia and even part of the United States East Coast. And, and third thing is that uh, they can also collude or um, utilize the CCP networks, especially in, being infiltrated into the Western government to implement certain administrative orders that will hurt and even destroy the United States financial market. And last thing is on the military side, they can use massive of spy balloons, surface or underwater unmanned submarines, to carry out suicidal chemical weapons, biological weapons, or weapons with severe destruction to launch a war at full scale, just to you know respond to uh, the ultimate and comprehensive decoupling if that happens. So this was actually revealed by Miles years ago. It was not a recent intelligence that we received, but just seeing the reports and seeing the data coming out from Communist China and reminds me of that. And I think you know it, it's worth letting our audience know that CCP understands that a, a decoupling is inevitable and they're prepared for it. You know what? Um, again, I found another video that I was really intrigued on um, the new federal state of China's um, Twitter account. Uh, this one is it's, it's a little bit shorter than the other one, but um, you might be able to give me some insight. You're on You're talking about the information that from hacks that have occurred. You know, Americans read about uh, from the OPM hack to uh, information that's being taken on medical data from health systems. What's your opinion on what the communist China is looking at using all that information for? It's worth bearing in mind that leaders of China are very paranoid. And so it may not be rational to collect all this data, but they are collecting this data first on their own citizens, now on Americans. And if you visit China and they'll display their internal security systems, they have programs where if you walk across the street, there's a camera that goes to a police station 
and a little bubble appears over you with your name, your social security number, your criminal record, anything else they think is useful. So they have built a giant surveillance system and they're putting that data into it. So it so it's gotten to that point, facial recognition and whatnot, even though, well, do you, do you think their facial recognition is a, is a little bit more advanced than what we have over here in the United States? Oh, absolutely. I, I personally will believe that. Uh, I think that the, the CCP had utilized the facial recognition or even more advanced tools in, in putting on such surveillance and monitoring pressure on its own citizens. It has been a long time ago. Um, I would tell you, I will use Xinjiang as an example. Um, that for any people who visit Xinjiang province, if you're not local residents, uh, those facial recognitions actually go with you at all trips that you go in, into, into that province. And if you happen to discuss, you know, any uh, bad opinions against the Communist Party in Xinjiang and even just by the gas station, the police would be able to catch you on the next stop. So this is how strong and severe the surveillance are because my family, my relatives experienced that. They, uh, you know, they, they said something uh, that was considered not true to the government and, and they were being caught and then brought to the police station uh, right after, you know, they, uh, they reached to the gas station. That was a true story from my relatives. So uh, these are kind of like, you know, the vivid examples um, that we observed even personally as a deplorable in China. So uh, all these, you know, if you go on any other, you know, any cities in, in, in China, even the advanced cities, you found countless cameras on the streets on, on those pathways. And, and these are all connected with the CCP's police department and, and, you know, further on with the intelligence department. So I will not be surprised, you know, if they try to implement such facial recognition technology into other uh, citizens in, in other countries. And in fact, that they're not just uh, detecting your face or your identity. We've talked about the BGI genomics. They're also detecting your gen uh, genetic information so that they can build up the biological weapon that will specifically target your genes or your race. And, and that is right. the most concerning part because uh, the massive amount of the data that they collected, they can almost use that data to design or, or initiate any warfare uh, at any scale uh, level, because they they have obtained the, the data and the technology, and they're ready to do it. I'll tell you that's scary too. The genetic part, because uh, if you look back at what Miles Guo has said in the past, he said the CCP is going to try to use the black, the brown to eliminate the white. So if you have all you you couple that with all these bio labs that are popping up all over the place, you think they might be. Uh, researching genetic biological weapons to meet their end goals. It's a little scary, Isla, but uh, I, I want to shift a little bit. Uh, a little over 50 years ago, our nightmare with the CCP began when Richard Nixon visited Peking at the time, I think it was called, right. uh, and Mao Tung and Zhou Enlai. And recently, just a, a day or two ago, we have a representative from Wisconsin. That's the chairman um of the House Select Committee on Competition with the Chinese Communist Party. And he took a trip to Taiwan. That's pretty symbolic. Absolutely, Hutch. Uh, and in fact, that the day uh, he landed on, on Taiwan was actually just one day after the 50th anniversary of so-called Nixon moment uh, with China. 
And it was surprising to me that uh, even on Chinese social media or Chinese news outlets, there are not much reports celebrating the 50, uh, the 50 year uh, with the Nixon moment. And, and it reminds me of uh, years ago when Mao said that the Chinese Communist Party was actually planning to create another Nixon moment uh, in history. And there was at the time between May and July in, in 2021. Uh, at that time, uh, you know, the Chinese Communist Party was trying to reach out to uh, the German Chancellor Merkel and, and, and try to consider uh, to make a Merkel as the next Kissinger in, in the history. And however, that the Chinese Communist Party failed eventually. So, uh, you know, I, I think, it, like you said, it was very symbolic because this time United States chose to send out a delegation uh, to visit Taiwan. And uh, even though that we have not received, you know, uh, too many uh, reports because he just landed, uh, but one message that was brought out to the public that Mike Gallagher said that United States will stand, will continue to support Taiwan regardless of the election results. And I think that was also a responding to um, the tension between Taiwan and China on the Taiwan Strait and, and the threats of CCP's invasion into Taiwan. And we can see that, you know, the United States will keep backing up Taiwan and even maybe sell more uh, weapons or, or giving out mil more military support to, to the Taiwanese people. You know, Ayla, a lot of times when we talk to the NFSC, we, we talk about things and then all of a sudden we see it come to fruition. And we were talking about spy balloons about two, three weeks ago. You guys obtained documents that were released about hacking of critical infrastructure. There was just a report in the Washington Post about a CCP security IT uh, company that just had all their files released. And it exposed this huge hacking network where the CCP has access to a bunch of systems, could shut down critical systems. And now this morning we wake up seeing cell phone networks down. I'm seeing reports of pharmaceutical networks down. Uh, actually, you can go, there's a website that tracks all these platforms that are down. And it looks like there's a huge cyber attack going on. I know it's probably too new and you guys don't know if they're connected, but can you share what, what the NFSC knows about that and what China could do to us through their hacking tools? Absolutely. So I will use Miles and, and his experience as the perfect example, right? If you, on a very simple level, if you look at his social media accounts, you look on YouTube, the view numbers of his broadcast or his videos can be adjusted in just one minute or one second. And each time you see the same video, the view number sometimes goes down, not goes up. And so you can tell that people are manipulating these numbers and just to try to hide his videos or his activities from social media. On the other hand, see how many times that Mouse's video was being paused or being blackened or the screen was completely blacked out. Uh, and this happened hundreds and thousands of times every single day in his lives. And, you know, when it, there are times that his phones will show uh, different screens and you can't even uh, turn it off. Uh, and these are all kind of like personal experience of Miles. And, and it shows that how much that the Chinese Communist Party can do, even from a remote location, that they can manipulate your phone, they can manipulate your social media accounts and change all of the numbers and, and shut down your account, right? right? And the most concerning part is if you look at uh, the yacht or the cars that Miles uh, used or 
uh, you know, was on before. Uh, these engines or these central computers of the cars and yachts were being hacked as well. There were times that the yacht lost control on the sea, and there were times that the, the car central computer just completely shut down. And this would cause severe physical threats to the dissident itself, right? And and so these are very simple and 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 factual example that happened in the past. So anything that they can do to Miles and these things can also take place to every single American citizens. And let alone that they're trying to hack the essential department as network in obtaining your you know more sensitive data. So I think you know the hacking uh, technology of the Chinese Communist Party is very advancing and 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 will be continue to be very concerning um, to the United States. Before before I let you go, um, what uh, what are y'all? What is the NMC looking at next week? or in the next couple of days, what are y'all um, targeting? What are y'all focusing on uh, to, to, to report on, um, to, to give more information about? Absolutely. So uh, I think giving out the economic data and um, uh, Mike Gallagher's visit to Taiwan, I would personally say that uh, looking at the economic news from uh, from China and looking at any other military operations coming out from the Chinese Communist Party, these two are always, uh, you know, strong signals of what the CCP's next steps will be. Well, let me say this. We're looking forward to hearing from you again. And um, I, you know, I'm so sorry I'm getting you that link. I I was on the road and I, I I was like, I made a four minutes. I tell you that from wherever I was, I made a four minutes. And then when I got back here, I was like, there's something I forgot to do. Something I forgot to. Do. I was like, I, I didn't get her the link. So, but I thank you for um, taking time out of your busy schedule to join us once again. And um, uh, we're sending hugs and. Uh, tell everybody over there that we're thinking about them and that we're praying for them, okay? Absolutely, and, and always appreciate our brothers to give the new federal state of China a chance to introduce ourselves and share the information with a larger range of audience. And, and, you know, we will always stand with the United States patriots because it is our wish and our mission to eliminate the communist influence in the United States and, and to take down the CCP. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so Have much. Great weekend. You know, I started in Border Patrol in 1984, and look, I worked for six presidents, starting with Ronald Reagan. And every president I ever worked for, even Clinton Obama, took some steps to secure the border because they understood you, you can't possibly have national security if you don't have border security. No one did more than President Trump. Well, President Trump did was unprecedented. And the reason I wake up pissed off every day is because this administration, Joe Biden is the first president in the history of this nation who came in office and unsecured the border on purpose. And people want to say that the past administration, the Trump administration, you know, Trump, Holman, you're all, you know, again, racist, you, you know, your, 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 your policies are inhumane. Well, let me tell you something. When President Trump had illegal immigration down to the 45-year low, illegal immigration was down 83 to 90 percent. Doctors of all borders did a study. They, they, they estimated that 31 percent of women they talked to were sexually assaulted making that journey. That's who admitted, 31 percent. 31 so when President Trump had 90 percent less people coming, how many women weren't being raped? How many, how, many, how many aliens didn't die crossing the border? How many children didn't drown in the river? How many women and children weren't sex trafficked in the United States? How many pounds of fentanyl didn't make it into the United States because the border was secure? 
How many known suspected terrorists didn't cross the border because the border is secure? President Trump's policy saved lives. Under this administration, you want to say they're, they're the most humane. They say, well, the Biden administration, we're about humanity, we're more humane. Okay, let's look at the record. Since Biden been in office, we've got over 1,700 dead migrants across the border. An historic right. record. 112,000 dead Americans from fentanyl poisonings. My first dead body that I saw in person yeah. was at the border from someone who drowned. Another historic record. 600% increase in sex trafficking of women and children. Another historic record. A record number of known suspected terrorists being arrested coming across the border. Another historic record. So Biden's policies are killing migrants at record numbers. It's killing Americans at record numbers. This administration at all levels is disgusting on what they did to our national security. I want people to know this isn't just about illegal immigration anymore. I don't care what your opinion is on illegal immigration. When you cause a crisis this big on purpose. It's a dereliction of duty. It's the biggest national security threat this nation's ever had. um, More people need to say that. Yeah. Especially the on purpose part. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that is what's happening at CPAC right now. Again, we weren't able to go this year, uh, go last year either, but, um, uh, we, as a matter of fact, we have more, uh, Sarah Carter. Eric has basically detailed, I think it was seven pages, detailed exactly how they could skirt the law, right? And to enter like, oh wait, it doesn't matter if they have a criminal background. Doesn't matter if they came in here three times with a, you know, convicted of DUIs. As long as they're good now, you can let them stay. I want you to think about that. How many people have come into this country and what Tom just said, you know, it's not just about the apprehensions, which are going to be over, I think, over 10 million by the end of his term and the known gotaways. But I was talking to people in the intelligence community uh, late last night, even about the fact that we there are people we don't even know who they are. They came in um, in the back of a truck, in a crate. We don't even know them as a known gotaway. They're just a gotaway. And they could be planning on targeting our children, our communities, right now planning an attack in this country. There is no doubt in my mind that that will happen. I remember speaking with um, Sarah when we were up in Michigan, and uh, there's something that that she told me about that I never forgot. She she was like the biggest, and this was a couple of years ago, the biggest moneymaker is out there right now is misinformation. The biggest. Look how, much those, look how much those news anchors are getting paid. Right. Yeah. That tells you all you need to know about that. I'll think of how many millions and billions they made on Russiagate. All the fear porn about Donald Trump, and now they're trying to spin it back up. And, I mean, it's been debunked. You have to be a moron to believe it. And, unfortunately, there's a lot of morons that want yeah. to tune in and go, oh, my God, yeah, Trump, he's a he's a tool of Putin. Oh, my God. And the drug dealers, the drug dealers got people wearing masks again. Yep. You know, idiots. If you're wearing a mask, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. You just I mean, are. <laughs> or, or you're painting your house or sanding a wall. Then you're not an idiot. Right. But if you're wearing a mask... And you don't even understand the function of the mask is to protect people from you. Right. And you're wearing it to p- protect yourself. Uh, but for some strange reason, your dumb self is in the casino. You know, you're in a casino or you're in a, 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 a place there's a lot of people in. Why, if you are so 
deathly afraid of some boogeyman like that, why would you go there? You know, I see I see some people with old masks. I'm, I'm oh nasty like, ones. Yeah, it's like you do know you're supposed to change that out, even if you do wear you are not supposed to change it out. They look like they still wearing pandemic. It's the, it's the it's the new fuzzy dice. Right. <laughs> when the mask has more germs than just breathing the air, folks, it's just time to get rid of it. I'm oh, just saying. Man. Here's uh Rich Bunnell, and I'm I'm sure this was from earlier this morning. Doesn't didn't look like it. But it's Thursday, so so that's probably why it place wasn't filled out but this is richard um, grinnell now is a new member uh, and kt mcfarlane over there she's another one um that uh, rick rick grinnell and carla sands of course another one so like we got more we got more out there uh rick grinnell we're proud to have you on the board of cpac uh you played an important uh role in, in putting together our approach to foreign policy at this cpac um we have this interesting question about you know, what is the Trump doctrine? What is Trump's view of uh, what should be happening uh, in terms of American diplomacy? And you've advised him on these questions, so maybe you can help table set why these two things coming together are important. So thanks, Matt. Thanks, Mercedes, for, for organizing this conference. It's amazing to be here yet again. I'm struck by the fact that Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump are the two who consistently keep coming to CPAC, right? We know that Ronald Reagan always came to CPAC. Donald Trump is always coming to CPAC. And Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump have uh, one thing that, that really stands out, that they're both about peace through strength. They're not wimps, but they want peace. And peace is popular. And look no further than the four years of the Trump administration, where we get to say uh, Vladimir Putin did not invade and start a war. We didn't have war between Arabs and Israelis. We had peace accords between the Arabs and the Israelis. We had no war in Europe. We warned Europe to pay your fair share. We told Europe you shouldn't be having a Putin pipeline into Europe. That Russian pipeline was sanctioned by the Trump administration, and that Russian pipeline had the sanctions dropped at the request of Chancellor Merkel to Joe Biden, and Joe Biden and the Democrats immediately voted to drop the sanctions on Nord Stream 2. I think when you combine the attack on energy and the fact that you don't have individuals who are willing to do tough diplomacy, you know, the Liberal Party in America, the Democrats, mocked tough diplomats. Every time we had a diplomat that was out front doing something tough, they said, you're being mean to our allies. And I would argue that when you have a credible threat of military action, you don't need to use that threat. You don't need to use the, the military action. Because people believe, like Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump, that they mean what they say and that they just may do something that's unpredictable. And that's the recipe for peace. So we get to go into November of 2024 and say the economy was better. 
We had more peace. You're the party of war. And I think, you know what, I've waited 25 years to be the party of peace and the other side be the party of war. And let's, let's remember, we should start every conversation and finish every conversation by saying Vladimir Putin wants Joe Biden to be reelected. Yeah, amen. Man, I'll tell you, this, that gives me flashbacks. I remember, I, I can't remember if I was on with you or not, Wayne, but when the first, when the first Russiagate thing started, when it very, very came out the very first time, mm-hmm. and I remember telling people, there's no way this is going to work. You're going to tell me that the freaking biggest communist country in the, in the planet is going to support the best capitalist in the planet. I mean, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was, it took five years for people to sober up from that stupidity. And he's telling you right now, the left, the Putin wants the left from, from way back to Ted Kennedy, even back to 1946 after world war II, the Democrats were courting the communists. Yep. Well, and it's yep. funny too, because if you look at the media coverage, I mean, Vladimir Putin came out and said he'd prefer Joe Biden. If he would have yeah, said he preferred President Trump, that would be all we would hear from the news media, from from mainstream for the next 10, 14 days, you know, mm-hmm. from, from when it came out. And there hasn't been a peep of it other than on like podcasts like ours or on alternative media. And it just shows a level of brainwashing that that happens to people. It's. I mean, literally, Vladimir Putin, the guy asked him the question, oh, I'd rather have Biden. I mean, you know, and it's like, I'm not that old, man. I'm 60-something, you know, in, in my early 60s. There's there's tens of millions of people that know what I know and, and, and know what we know, that the left has always supported communists. The left are communists. Right. right? You know, and, and but yet so many people got freaking stupefied by it. Yeah. It kind of scares me. Yeah. Now, a whole lot of people are, are being misled again misinformation but all all the people being misled and it's not like they're trying to grab at strands of truth to get out it's almost like they're uh trying to go deeper into that misinformation pool because for some reason in their mind that's what they believe so i mean it's like, true I need, I need more of this. No, we're trying to tell you the truth. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear it. I want to right, hear it. right. Because it's easier to, it's easier to be fooled than it is to admit that you've been fooled. Right. Yeah. I used to say that. Oh my God. It's like, um, it's like we all probably fall into this too. Once you were told the truth, or once you realize the truth about something, you got mad. You got mad that you have been lied to. As a mm-hmm. father, as a parent, or whatnot. As a Democrat. As a Democrat, uh, that 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 left. Okay. That, yeah, me too. Left that have been told all these things all all through your life, and all of a sudden, that didn't happen. No, read this. Oh, it's backwards. <laughs> you know, it's like. Oh man! And for the first couple of years in my life, that's all I talked about because I was mad. I was mad. I was, Republicans ain't racist. Y'all wrong. Y'all, but look at what they did. Look at what they have done for for um um, um for uh, um, minorities. Looking for, 
and 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 I, man, I was on that tip. Oh man, I just I Me just I, I was so mad. And then um cat came and opened up her eyes or something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the people we were defending, I was like, my god darn it. They were yeah. too. Turns out this is bad. We had a co-host, Jason. We had a co-host from New York City, from Spanish Harbor. New York City. I mean, good-looking girl, too, boy. She was on there, and uh, she was one of those ones Wayne was talking about that went after the selfies all the time at, at like, CPAC. She had thousands of them, man. She had selfies with everybody. But she used to come on there and be me, Wayne, and her. And she would say, oh, the, the Republicans and Democrats are all the same. Yep. And me and Wayne would gang up on her and <laughs> just tear her apart, man. What are you talking about? And then one day, one day it's like, hey, Wayne. Yep. She's right, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, and it was crazy because it was like two on one. Mm-hmm. It was like two right. on one. You're like, Get back in the kitchen. You don't know what you know. <laughs> you know, the other thing, too, she brought big value when you think about it. She's the one that brought me uh, Agenda 21. I never heard about that until she talked oh, about man. it. Oh, man. She did so much studying on that Agenda 21 that we did the whole show for about a week and a half. Yeah. We were talking about the Agenda 21 that was coming down. Even though you might not see it as a major change, it has been happening slowly but surely in America. The big cities, that's where all these bike lanes came from. Yep. yep. You know, you can't drive. You literally cannot drive a car in certain places in Washington, D.C. It's only for walking in bikes. And in that area, you're probably going to have, you're probably going to find some apartments or places that people have. Pack them and stack them. That's what it's called. No parking. No yep. parking at all. No cars. Well, what better way to control the population? And they, and they and they don't have a white line painted on the road for the bike lane. They got a barrier. Yep. That you can't drive over. Mm-hmm. They got them here, and the way they did it was the UN. This all came from the UN. It all started on Earth Day in 1970 oh, yeah. when they wanted to replace. We wanted to replace God. With, with dirt. They wanted to replace God with dirt. They wanted you to worship dirt. And that's what they're doing now. And it it came in and the the funders of this went around the federal government and went around the state government and got these weak mayors and here, here's $10 million, but you got to build this. That's how they got there. Isn't it amazing too? Once you see it, you can't unsee it. It sucks. And And I mean, that's the biggest problem that I find when, when you're interacting with the people I call normies who, who just don't see it. And especially, you know, you get normies on the right. We're, we're waking up a little more. You get, you get a lot of normies on the left who think that like 34 trillion of debt. Oh, that's, that's fine. That's not a problem. You know, and and you're about to see an economic collapse because of it. And and they, they don't think it's a problem. They, you look at this LGBTQ stuff. It's just a religion. They're trying to decouple you from God. They're trying yep. to confuse you to control the population. And if you think of it, if you replace the little LGBTQ flags with the cross, 
it has all the same markings of a religion, of a Christianity mm -hmm. or or whatever religion. They've replaced the these eco terrorists. Like, like I said, they just replaced God with dirt and and anything they can. And this is the same thing the Communist Party of China did. They replaced God with the government, and that's where they're taking our citizens. Is they're 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 trying to take us, separate us from God. From our family. families, yeah, right. That's a big and, one. And family, part of the collective. I mean, we talk about abortion on this show. The ultimate thing why right and left don't understand each other. The left doesn't think the unborn child's a baby. They have been trained, and like I'm living through this right now, where we got a grandbaby coming. Just had our first ultrasound the other day, and and the daughter and 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 son-in-law, who are both you know pro-choicers. They're crying and they're like, this is a baby. Like, I thought it was a fetus. And it's like, no, that's been a baby the whole time. Like, yeah. they've, they've been lying to you, you know. So, yeah, it's crazy. Tom says, do you guys support voting early if if you do get the word out? Um, it's, I support it if it's, uh, if it's individuals that don't live in this country meaning the military, um, because the, the military, that's where the mail-in ballots usually reside, is the military. Outside a few, of, a few outside thousand of them, a few right. thousand of them, not millions. All of those uh, stationed overseas. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that it should be, I don't think it should be mail-in ballot Here's the, the, the thing about mail-in ballots. It would be good, but the problem is is that one of the biggest leftist organizations or agencies in this nation today is the post office. So you got the left counting the ballots. I mean, it's, it's a loser for us to join that game, in my opinion, because they're, gonna, they're just going to throw ours out, man. I mean, come on. Another thing that the Democrats have done since the 2000 election is increase voting early. Sure. Since 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 they lost the 2000 election, you've seen many of them increase voting early and also extending voting past certain things. As, Every vote needs to be counted. Every vote was counted years ago. Every vote was counted. It wasn't all, all this waiting until the end. Is, oh, no, no, no. Every vote was particularly counted on election day. Anything that comes after, you ain't supposed to count. And that's what—that's where we get there. That's We got to get inside the count room. We got big men have to get inside the count room. Big men that aren't afraid to scrap got to get inside the freaking count room of these Democrat counties like mine. Like Allegheny County, Philadelphia County, Bucks it's County. Pennsylvania gone. Yes. Minnesota. Oh, oh, you know what? You know what? Wait a minute. I'm going to reserve all that until after 2024. But 2024, to me, is our last shot at this. Our last shot at free elections. I think. I think we have a. I don't know how it's going to turn out yet. Right. Um, I don't know if the numbers are overwhelming enough. Uh, to overcome the fraud, they might be. I mean, I think that the Democrats 
miscalculated immensely with the black population in America when it comes to Donald Trump. Black I mean, you look, you look at what these idiots did. Think of the mindset of a lot of people in the inner city, a lot of blacks in the inner city or in any urban area. It doesn't even have to be inner city. Think of the mindset. They just gave this guy a mugshot and they're persecuting him in court. It happens to black men all the time. You know, what did he do? The, the guy fights back. They love that. I love That's it too. Black men. That's why I say black men, but black yeah. women are are sort of attached to. And I tell you why they're attached to the Democrat Party is because what the Democrat Party has done with the black women since since the late um since the mid 60s to late 60s and early 70s. They gave black women money. But you would they think that the women, women you'd think the women would realize the damage, man. It's like, come on, you you gotta have better standards in this. As long as that welfare keeps coming, no. That's a, um, that's a shame, man. It's such so small amount. But well, in the sixties, they gave per head. <laughs> you remember that? They, they oh yeah, I know. Head. It was definitely. And guess what? I, another thing that the government did that many people don't really the government now, and I, because I know a lot of people out there like to blame black people, black people, black people, but the government had a hand in all this too. The drugs the did it. Yeah, they destroyed the black community. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes when the people out there uh, um, uh, talk black then, black that, I said, but the government was at the scene of the crime too. Of course they were. Especially when it comes to paying black people not to go to college. They paid women, they were like, if you don't go to school, we'll give you the money. If you go to school, the money stops. They That's created what the government. A, yeah, the government created and Democrats especially created a trap for these inner city communities. Many of them are African American, where they will give you enough money to live on, but not yeah. enough money to thrive, and not enough money, and, and they'll set up a penalty system that as long as you stay happy on that little bit of substance living you have, they'll keep giving it to you. But as soon as you start moving out of that, they penalize you. And, you know, I talk about I worked retail for a long time. You'd go in the inner city and I'd try to hire an assistant manager for 60 grand a year. And they'd be like, man, I'm making 45, 50,000 years sitting at home on my butt. Why do I want to go to work for 10,000 more a year? And and that's where it's and that's where this economic and the migrants thing is going to happen, because all this influx of all these people on these social programs is just going to level the amount that we can afford to give right now. They're just going to continue rolling up the debt and the deficits. I mean, look at your local state and, and not, I mean, we talk about the federal debt, but look at state and city debt. California is burning through money. Like it's going out of style, man. So there's, we're in going to be in for a rude awakening. There's starting to be violence on the streets too, man. I mean, there's a city in Pennsylvania in Eastern Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia, where these illegal gangs are, are, are uh, an organized theft in these yep. places. I mean, they're going in there 10 deep, man. And, and it, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You better, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be a cop right now. And on this stuff, you see the normies that's starting to hit them. They're starting to see on their local news broadcasts, hey, all these illegal immigrants are starting these fights, they're out of jail the next day with President Trump. You know, you try to explain what happened in New York to him. Yeah, they fined him $400 million because he overstated the value on his on his property. 
And somebody who doesn't pay that close of attention is going to be like, what? Are you seriously? Well, yeah, he said his Mar-a-Lago was worth too much. They said it was worth 18 million. What? And I mean, as normal people start waking up, man, this is going to get wild. Yeah, it's going to be one of the wild. Mar-a-Lago, Mar-a-Lago is worth 30 Hunter Biden paintings. Right. But even though, even though we keep, even though many people keep saying people waking up, people got to get out of bed, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know how many times I have to say that, but people, if you wake up, you got to get out of bed and fight. Because if you stay in bed, you fall right back to sleep. Literally, you fall right back to sleep. We got Emily calling in. Yes, I believe that Donald Trump is the man to cure all the problems of this world. He's been invited to be to the front lines in the Ukraine war with Russia. I don't think Donald Trump would ever turn that down because security would be very high for him. And, of course, they don't want that man hurt. So guess what? Donald Trump solves problems. This is a major problem that the Democrats can't do anything about, but Donald Trump can. That's my sincerest wish. Take care. God bless. All right. I don't know why I came over to Emily, but maybe it was a man. I just had a thought. Um, Okay, first off, truckers. I used to be a truck driver prior to the year 2000. I don't really see the whole trucker uh, boycott in New York going entirely too far, only because there's too many of us living paycheck to paycheck. I will say this, though. Even back then, prior to 2000, truck drivers were avoiding New York like crazy. I know I was. (laughs) So if enough do um, boycott New York, it could push this over the edge. I I absolutely can't rule that out. I really can't rule that out. The other one is, um, well, when it comes to the whole um, voting side of things, who's to say that we can't vote with our dollars? I know mostly everybody's living paycheck to paycheck, but shuffling things around, couldn't hurt either. I mean, think about it. Um, You only get to vote so many times a year. Everybody spends money all year round. Yeah. Felons? uh, Felony can... uh, Felony can uh, prevent you from voting, but it sure won't prevent you from... um, It sure won't prevent you from spending money. Right. Kids, they can't vote till they're 18. But whether they get money from their parents or whether they're one of the few that make their own money without any help from mom and dad, they still spend money. Right. Here's another example. Cell phones. I mean, how many landline telephones do we have left in the country? How many pay phones do we have left in the country? (laughs) People made moves with their money. And cable television, now there's the big one. There's the big one. Uh, What happened to CNN Plus? That can happen to the whole mainstream media. He's right, man. This guy's on point. Don't forget. 
Jesse Ventura brought up the idea of none of the above winning an election. Sure it happened to Nikki Haley. It can definitely happen to the status quo. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. That was a deep one. I forget I like what that. I was going to say. I already do that. I do that with my money. Yeah, people, really? laugh, people laugh at me. Yeah. The thing is, is that what we what we saw in the 60s, even though a lot of leaders were killed right in front of our face, but what we saw in the 60s was boycotts that worked because everybody was on board. The problem is what Jason calls normies. When you, if anybody ever, you get in a conversation and everybody, anybody ever says, let's not talk about politics. That's the problem. That person right there is the problem. I got them in my own family. And people, we are so insulated from pain, suffering, hard work, any of that stuff. I mean, take out the homeless and the drug addicts. Being poor in America, you've got a pretty good standard of living. You know, we all grew up poor. I had food. I had air conditioning. America is the only country where you can be poor and on welfare and be overweight. Right. (laughs) Yeah, and, and I mean, look at how soft, and we talked about how we kind of ruined our kids, and we were probably ruined a bit. Life was too easy for us. And so people don't want to see the hard work that it takes to make a country like America work, you know? And they're like, hit the easy button. These kids go to college. They keep making college easier. They don't have any expectation for what they're going to do to make money when they get out. And then they're like, what do you mean? I went to college. Why aren't I making money? It's like, you learn no skills. You are contributing nothing. We got Aaron. We got Aaron. Hey, guys. Uh, I just seen your number real fast. Uh, kind of swapped between Real America's Voice and... Wait. No. We had that on here. Molly. Hi, Wayne Dupree Show. This is author Molly, your kitchen coach. I am also in politics. I want you to know, uh, number one, I think Obama... And Biden are some of the most crooked, murderous traitors of the USA. I know this firsthand. I work with someone very close in the government. Obama tried to kill him. He's my advisor in politics. Long story short, Donald Trump would be compromised, I believe, if he does not have security with him. Going to meet with Biden... Uh, Zelensky, whoever else would be a part of that. These people are the most dangerous in the deep state and democratic world. I can tell you firsthand, my advisor was Special Operations CIA, and he is a patriot. He is a good Tennessee boy. We sat face-to-face, and he was discussing with me what I was dealing with. He said to me, Miss Molly, he said, always know your enemy and exactly what they're up to and who they are, what they're made of, and what they're capable of. So it was very good advice, but I'm going to stress to you, I believe this would be a setup for Trump. 
And if he's going to do this, then let me tell you something. Next time you talk to me, I used to have a lot of involvement in the PR world and radio and four industries. I worked for an attorney for 15 years who worked in Washington. His name was Mancuso. He was a Democrat. However, I am a Republican lady, conservative. I love our country. I love my daughter, who is in college, Colorado State. She is 20 years old, going on 21, and I'll be 53. Currently, I am a medical-slash-law student right now. That one broke off, but um, we do we do have one more before before we go. Hello, Wayne, Hutch, and uh, J-Rob. This is Steve Hatfield. I'm calling about uh, your uh, Chinese uh, NFSC officials. I'm just wondering, are Ayla and Roy and the others uh, connected with uh, NFSC? Are they Americans? Thank you for taking my question. Bye. Obviously, obviously not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something that that'll clear this up because I saw some other people in the chat room that are a little confused, and we have this brand new audience. Do not equate the Chinese people with the with CCP. The, right. Do not equate the political power. Just like you wouldn't want people to compare you to the Biden administration. Right. That's true. That is true. That was we, very well said. Yeah. We do have to get ready to go. This is our last uh, day, and we want you to have an awesome weekend. Uh, my name is Wayne Dupree. Um, Jay Robin, how you going to have that last thoughts, but make sure that you tune in. You can always watch us on uh, Frank speech um, and just, uh, Click over there for the schedule, and you'll see if on, see us on FS1. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. J-Rob and Hutch, and we're up. All right. Hey, Wayne Hutch, great week of shows. Uh, to the new audience on Frank's speech, thanks for tuning in. Uh, hopefully you gain value from uh, what we brought you this week. Uh, make sure you reach out to any of us if there's something that we need to, to keep our eye on. Uh, myself, I'm keeping an eye on this cyber attack thing this kind of wild i dropped a link in the chat it's hitting a bunch of services uh it's crazy uh my last thought for the week though before before i go and turn to touch is the biggest thing broken in america right now is we all need to just rediscover god they've separated god from the citizen so if you've not been somebody who's gone to church make this your week that you go that's all i got i'll tell you and you got to get the kids to go to church uh, when you see teenagers beating down old women in the street, there's a God problem. Yep. I mean, you got to get these kids in Sunday school. I mean, you got to do something young when they're young. Uh, the other thing I would say, <clears throat> in under no circumstances should Donald Trump go to Ukraine until he's president. Right. They nope. will indict him in New York minute if he does that. Yep. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, my last thing for the week. This is funny. Arizona prosecutor Rachel Mitchell rejected Manhattan's extradition request for a suspected murderer, Rod 
al-Mansouri because she doesn't trust District Attorney Alvin Bragg to keep him in prison and prosecute him. Good job. Have a great weekend.